0: Well, great to be with you on a bye week. I'll be honest, we all need it. The players need it. The coaches need it. DeMarco and I coming off a trip to London yeah. probably need it as well. We're but, soldiers, uh,
1: though, man. Come on now.
0: Yeah, we could go again this week if we, we don't needed tired. It to. Let's go. Unfortunately, we will have to take a Sunday off as we prepare for week nine at the Coliseum against Carolina. This is Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710. You're home for LA Rams football. DeMarco, at three and four, how should LA feel about where they stand going into the bye?
1: You know, uh, it's funny. Um, they always say when you're, when you're at the end of a losing season, when you're not going to the playoffs, everybody always says we're going to see who wants to play football. Well, we're going to see who's loyal right now. Uh, everybody's loyal to a coach that wins, wins all his games, right? So this is going to be a true test for Los Angeles. Uh, you haven't done this in 20 years, but this is how a lot of the league feels, and this is how the seasons go. I mean, three and four after, you know, seven weeks is, is not a horrible spot to be in. You'd rather have that record flipped. You'd rather have the big number to begin Uh, your win-loss record, but that's not the way it is. But there's still a lot left to play for. I mean, it's not over. Um, And and you were in the three games that you lost. I mean, there's some really good reasons and some really good things you can point out to say this is why you lost, so it's not a mystery, and those things can get fixed. A lot of those things were getting healthy, and this is the cool thing about a bye week. You have a chance to actually get healthy. So when this team is at full strength and playing good football, Uh, I think they can take anybody into the fourth quarter and and win a game.
0: Here's the thing about the three-game losing streak and why I think so many people are pulling their hair out over it is it's one thing when you're getting the brakes beaten off on you and, and you don't belong on the same field as your opponent. Buffalo at Detroit and in London against the Giants, they outgained their opponents. They had more first downs the Rams did than their opponents. In a couple of those cases, they dominated time of possession. The thing that didn't go their way, has not been going their way, is the turnover battle. And that's showing up on the scoreboard. It's the truth of the matter. When they went on their three-game rip, they were creating turnovers and they were taking care of the football. You know that that leaf is turned, and, yeah. and I'm not sure how to get it back on the right side against Carolina.
1: I think the well, the takeaways are going to come as long as you stop turning the ball over on offense. In my opinion, if you keep putting your defense on the field in bad situations, well, it, it gives the offense momentum and all the advantages. I mean, you're coming on at short you. We call it the mayday approach. I mean, you're, you're, you're coming off the bench cold. Hey, defense out. You've got to get out there. So uh, you're shorthanded that way. So I think taking care of the ball is, number one, it's paramount. If the offense doesn't turn it over, you don't throw picks, especially pick, sis, pick sixes, if you don't fumble the football, I think at some point this defense is geared towards getting after quarterbacks and getting the ball out. You heard how he speaks about his defense. Uh, he wants the football. He, he coaches ball. So I think if you take care of one, the other will start to fall.
0: We'll hear a lot from Jeff Fisher during this hour. We will talk a ton about the quarterback situation. Uh, but, DeMarco, just going into the bye, I want to get, as a player, what are these days like? What is this open weekend like for you?
1: You know, it's, it's a good thing. Um, and you kind of put it aside if you're undefeated or if, you, if you're winless. You just put football aside for a little bit. And you get to spend time with your families. Uh, you get to be normal. So to speak, I hate to say normal because no one's abnormal, but you get to go home. You get to see the kids wake up, take them to school, make may make breakfast just a little bit just to get away from football and recharge your brain and then attack the rest of the season, no matter where your bye week is. So it's good. It's refreshing. You get a chance to heal up a little bit and just go at it again. Um, And the one thing you don't want to do is you take the loss into the bye week with you and you don't want to take the win into the bye week with you it 's just its own separate week of rest and recoup and just get ready for the second part of your season
0: and the second part of the season will be hopefully part of a playoff push for the Los Angeles Rams, and I think that has a lot to do with the division standings as they are right now Seattle four, one and one after the overtime tie with Arizona. The Cardinals have rallied to three, three and one l a in third place at three and four in San Francisco, bringing up the rear at one and six so that 's one of the things that 's just so maddening about the way the season has gone so far. 28 nothing against San Francisco. Niners haven't beat anybody since. But the Rams are 2-1 and against their division. They've beaten the two teams ahead of them, so
1: go figure. Seen this before. I mean, you've got to get these games. And, and, look, you can't let these games keep getting away from you because towards the end of the year, it's just going to put more pressure on everybody in uniform. So um, there's only so much your coaches can do. There's only so much Rob Boris can do. Is there anything more deflating in football than a flea flicker that doesn't work? I mean, the, the, the net's zero. I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen with a flea flicker, right? And I think three of them are bad. But when you get nothing, you know, it's just wow. What did we do that for? Well, it comes from almost the start of the play, the whole stadium
0: takes this big inhale, right? <laughs>
1: it's like, all right, here
0: comes something big. <gasps> oh. Ah, dang it, didn't work.
1: <laughs> right, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Like going to the movies and seeing a dud. It's just wow. Uh, but that's one of the things. I mean, if you're really attacking, if your offense is flowing, those plays tend to work, uh, or at least give you a shot to work, but uh yesterday it's, it just wasn't there offensively um just weren't in the rhythm like you said man um a lot of guys have to really look in the mirror and find out what you can do to get better and that's that's no joke i mean jeff can only do so much jeff fisher can only do so much to rally his guys you're a professional you're getting paid to do this you know what your problems are are you going to work on them or not
0: Speaking of movies, how poor was the selection on the plane coming back from London? I mean, I was struggling to find a way to kill 11 hours. Did
1: You You didn't see the, the Anthony Weiner documentary? I did, actually. Oh, that my was, God, that was, was
0: awesome. That was probably the highlight for yeah. me, which is a strange thing to say. It was good, yeah. But it was well done.
1: I, I wasted time with a stupid movie. That Independence Day movie remake thing, uh, I watched that. Sands Will Smith? Yeah, Sands Will Smith, and um, I didn't get a chance to finish 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is a much better movie, and that made me mad, so... But the superhero movies, I was having fun, man. I watched Batman, Superman twice.
0: I I didn't get to that one. Yeah. I did the Marvel one.
1: Uh, Civil War. Yeah. What'd you think?
0: Well, so here's the thing is Maurice Jones Drew said it was the best movie he's ever seen.
1: I kind of agree with him.
0: So I kind of went into it with those expectations. Uh, But no, it's not knocking like Shawshank off of any pedestal.
1: Did you collect comics? No. What did you collect as a kid? Don't say A's. Baseball cards baseball yeah. cards, okay, so maybe Marvel and you know comic books aren't your thing, I get yeah. you, but as far as movies go that are based on comics, that was one of the best ever, so I'll go with them on that
0: all right fair enough yeah. Uh, our first break here on Rams All-Access, as we mentioned, we'll get deep into the quarterback conversation. We'll talk about both lines. Offensively, are there changes that need to be made? Defensively, is this still one of the most dominant in the game when they're all healthy? And health is a big storyline as we go into this bye and look ahead to Carolina. With Marco Farr, J.B. Long, we are your Rams radio broadcast team, and this is ESPN LA 710. Adjustment at the line, looking out to his left. Now takes the shotgun snap
2: as the pocket collapses. He throws, Tavon tipped up. It's intercepted, Landon Collins 45-40, cuts back 35, reversing near side of the field, the 30, still on his feet as he hits the sideline, 25, another cut, 20, 15, 10, Landon Collins fighting for the end zone, it's a pick six, and the Giants will have a PAT to tie it.
0: Well, oh, that was from Sunday at Twickenham Stadium in London. The Rams scored the first 10 points. They looked phenomenal after one quarter. They did not score again, 17 straight for the New York Giants, including that Landon Collins pick six, uh, one of two interceptions on the day for him, one of four interceptions thrown by Case Keenum. Uh, and we kind of felt it in the second half and the fourth quarter, DeMarco, kind of the, the tide turning, and it felt like, man, Are we going to go to the bye week with a whole new wave of Jared Goff questions? And might Carolina Week 9 be the time where he makes his pro debut Uh, since that interception? Since those four interceptions, Jeff Fisher had said not once but twice, coming back here to the United States, that Case Keenum is still his quarterback.
1: Yeah, and by the way, man, that that call made my hair stand up, just being non-biased. Great call. I wish I was a Giants fan. That's an awesome call. Uh, My bi- face
0: was frozen, so we just kind of powered it through. It was
1: not that bad. <laughs> was it that bad up there, really?
0: Honestly, from all reports, it yeah. was at least 10 degrees warmer on the field because I talked to other Rams personnel who were down there, and they were like, what are you talking about? It was it was fine. And meanwhile, we were bundled like Eskimos.
1: Yeah, okay, it wasn't that bad down there. But, uh, yeah, just um, – Look, when you have a four-pick game as a quarterback and you have the number one pick in the draft standing behind you, it's going to invite a bunch of questions when you lose. Uh, even if you won, have the Rams pulled that game out at the end? You don't get the last pick and you score a touchdown and you pull off a miracle in London. A three-pick game is going to invite more questions. Anything but a, a 148 passer rating for Case Keenum is going to invite those questions. But, you know, when you play well as a quarterback, your best game in Detroit and you still lose, that raises questions you know, inside the locker room and out. Um, when, you, when you throw consistently throw across the middle and bad things happen and you start to lose confidence, that's going to invite questions. So at some point we talked about this. It's going to be Jared Goff's show. It just depends on when. He said during the – Jared Goff is going to get a lot of reps, a lot of reps. A lot of rookies and young guys are going to get a lot of reps. But here's the, the other question to dovetail off that. What happens if he looks great? What happens during that bye week if Jared Goff actually looks better than Case Kim in practice? And he can run everything. He's picking up the checks. He's letter perfect. What happens if he's ready to play? Do you make the switch? You you can't now because you said Case is my guy.
0: A couple things on that, and then we'll get to Jeff Fisher and, and what he said specifically. One, no matter what mind he and the Rams were of, after the game in london 12 hours from home is not the time to pull that trigger and make that call right, right. so i understand why he said case Keenan was not the reason we lost this game he's going to be our quarterback against carolina coming home to the united states he said it again on monday and this is what he had to say to us on the jeff fisher show at the Westlake village Inn.
3: jared's going to get a lot of work um over a couple of days which would be beneficial for him um, as well, as some of the other rookies or some the other younger backups. So uh, he's coming on. Yeah, he's coming on. And um, again, this is um, this is my call. And uh, when I when I feel he's ready, and when the team, when the organization, is moving in that direction, we'll do so. But right now, Case is our guy.
0: So that's Rams head coach Jeff Fisher saying he's going to stick with Case Keenum as they look ahead after the bye to a Week Nine showdown against Carolina. I understand what he's saying, that you have to look a level deeper than the box score to evaluate a quarterback's performance. Mm-hmm. Of course. Some of those interceptions were not, quote-unquote, his fault. Three of them were actually targeting Tavon Austin, which I find interesting and we can delve a little deeper on. But I tend to think, DeMarco, that those interceptions tend to even out over the course of a game and over a season. For every one that's tipped over the middle, that went through your receiver's hands, I can point to another one that went through a defender's hands that could have been an interception. So, you know, it's, it's like a it's like a Six swinging, yeah, like swinging bunt single in baseball, right? Yeah, yeah. You're like, all right, well, baseball owed me a few for that screamer I hit the shortstop that was taken away by a diving catch. You know, over the long haul, I think they even out. And right now, statistically, you know, Case has thrown, what, eight touchdowns to his team and three to the other team.
1: Well, look, I've been through this, like, when you have two quarterbacks and one – I wouldn't say Case is struggling. I don't want to say that. But one is struggling, and the guy you want to see as your quarterback is behind him. And you never want to put your your faith in the backup. But I remember when the other guy took the field, how much of a lift it gave me. Now, it didn't guarantee us victory on, on game day, Friday, Saturday, on, or Sunday. Happened in college, too. Uh, it's just when you're out there and you're playing your best football, like you said, defensively, and you're holding teams to 10 points. And you should win those type games. You might want to change. Um, you might feel like somebody else could give you a better. You're talking change. about
0: the temperature of the locker room yeah. here, which which I think is critical. But you know, how heavily do you think that's playing into the head coach into the management's thinking right well, now? Well,
1: there's more than enough mistakes to go around that you just you, no one's playing perfect football to say well you're blameless right now and. Uh, everybody's made mistakes in all these losses defense offense special teams and what have you so everyone needs to get better but just when to my experience when the the guy that we didn't want on the field came off and the other guy came in it did give us a lift and i keep hearing this quote-unquote the team needs a spark now going back to the bye week what if you see that spark in practice what if you see a jump in everybody's step what if the running game gets going what if they start blocking better what if they start defending better because the other guy is in um it's a tough situation to be in as a head coach. I get it. You see what's going on in New York right now with the, with their quarterback, the Jets. Right. Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, that is a big deal, and it's real. He really feels that, that, look, you don't have faith in me anymore, so I'm going to do it myself. But all that's real. It happens in the locker rooms. Look, they, guys talk when they're getting dressed, getting undressed, or what have you in that locker room. It's a home. So everyone's talking about the same thing because no one wants to come away from a game on Sunday, no matter where you play, with a loss. And you're always trying to get better.
0: Yeah, and the Rams have been tied or held a lead in the second half of all six of their games since San Francisco. So the only time they haven't been in a game was the Monday night opener, which we all know. And so you talk about winning time. In this three-game losing streak, the ball has been in Case Keenum and the offense's hands with a chance to either get the tying touchdown or what could have been the game-winning touchdown. And effectively, the last three weeks have ended on Case Keenum interceptions.
1: You have to factor that in. No matter what. And, you look, you, you, you always have to defend your starter, but it is what it is. If you're watching football, you know. And uh, guys are always going to say the right things, but in their heart of hearts, you know. Um, so, look, Jared Goff is here for a reason. They went out and drafted him for a reason. So they thought they can get better at that position. At some point, at some point, that move is going to be made. When, we don't know. Um, but as of right now, He's doing the right thing as a head coach. You're throwing your support behind your starter.
0: Let me reframe this conversation briefly with one kind of re tee for you, DeMarco. All along, I mean, since the day he was drafted going into training camp, we've heard it'll be Jared's show when Jared is ready, right? I mean, they're evaluating him, his well being, his preparedness. But now, as we go into the bye week, and the Rams are three and four, is it really still all about Jared? Or is it about which quarterback gives us the best chance of making a second half of the season push and getting into the postseason?
1: Wow, um, I would say it's the latter. It should be. I the mean, that's, latter. that's the feeling you get, right? I mean, it's. it's I, if, I I'm, if I'm in that locker room at a different position as a starter, it's all about that. Period. So it may be, hey, look, um, you're not ready, but you got to do it. Even if you're not ready, you've got to go out there and at least start and play, and, and we'll take care of the rest. So. Well, look, um, we're barely to the midway point. There's a lot of football left to play, and who's to say that Case Keenum can't, and this offense can't rebound and play mistake-free football? Who's to say they can't do that and not turn the ball over and actually get the running game going? It still is out there. You still have one of the, best, the better running backs in the National Football League that's trying to find his way through an eight-man box. Eventually, that stuff's going to fall.
0: And here's what I keep coming back to. Whether or not Jared is ready... He's been active and the backup six weeks in a row. So, ultimately, it may not be Jeff Fisher or the Rams' decision to make because there was a moment during Sunday's loss to the Giants where you thought Case might have had a little bit of an issue with his arm or getting loose, whatever it was, and all eyes kind of went to 16 saying, if Case can't take the first snap of this drive, Jared's going to make his professional debut right now.
1: Right now. And that's the way it goes, and if you're Case Keenum, you can't be hurt. That's just the way it is because, you know, once you give way, it's you're probably not going to get it back. That's just how it is. I wouldn't want to give it up to a first, round, to a first pick in the draft, would you? You might never see it again.
0: Not if he's the kind of competitor you want in your, right. in your huddle as the quarterback. That being said, there is plenty to go around in terms of improvements in peripheral cast members, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's Todd Gurley, or whether it's receivers. And we'll talk about those units next here on Rams All Access, a bye week edition with the L.A. Rams 3-4 and four on ESPN L.A. 7-10. First down and 10 from the right 17. Rams now driving directly in front of us here at Raymond James Stadium. Keenum
2: under center. He kills the play. He turns and hands off to Gurley. Gurley through the hole. Gets to an ankle tackle. Stays on his feet to the 1. Oh, what a run by Todd Gurley, his best effort of the season, and he has the Rams on the doorstep. That was part
0: of a Week 3 victory at Tampa Bay in the midst of a three-game winning streak. Todd Gurley against the Buccaneers at Raymond James Stadium. Unfortunately, now L.A. is riding a three-game losing streak. Into the bye week with DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long on Rams All Access, MJD taking the bye week quite literally he is not with us this week
1: <laughs> uh, but we're having a good time Timber. it's good to be with you D he's taking a week off and he was cold all day yesterday i thought this guy was as tough as nails as tough as a coffin nail i told you every time he complains about cold weather or takes a day off he's going to lose a yard off his career rushing total
0: that was fun yesterday when yeah. you guys were going back and forth about how cold it was or wasn't and every time he complained you said tfl tfl Minus one.
1: Tackle for loss. Minus three. Yes, sir. You're
0: just subtracting from (laughs) his uh, career total. But
1: he's right. We don't play football.
0: But who would have thought, DeMarco, based on how this season was framed, that we would get to the bye week and that the Rams' win total, three, would be identical to Todd Gurley's yards per carry statistic, also three, Yeah. and that we wouldn't be in full-blown panic mode?
1: No, I I don't think so. Uh, But the the one thing that's kind of driving me nuts, and this is – a guy that has the ultimate respect for offensive line play um that the blame always goes to them uh this is something that a point we made uh pre look all 11 it takes all 11 to run the ball and which means he's not blameless in this situation right. i mean at some point even if the box is loaded you're gonna have to make a guy miss to have success on on the ground uh, and he's been churning away i mean he's made some plays he's just about there to, to break in one, to spring in one. Tavon Austin is just about there uh, from springing one on an end around or a punt return. But at some point, those almost theirs have to be there. Uh, if it is to be, it's going to be up to me. It's going to be up to him. So uh, look, it, it's not just about the O line missing blocks. Um, it's, we talk, quarterback has to get you in and out of bad plays. He's got to hit the hole at the proper time, and line has to hold their blocks for the run game to be successful. Because the game plan versus the Rams is to do what? Make sure Todd Gurley doesn't hurt you on the ground. But look, there's different backs in the league that are having more success or success than the Rams are right now uh, with the same sort of situation. So what's the difference? I, I wouldn't say those lines are better, would you? Uh, it's the same line as last year, right? The, the same line that sprung him for 1,200 in, in 12 games. So w- what has changed? What, what, what's gone wrong this season that didn't go wrong last season? I think everyone needs to shoulder the blame. Yeah, you wonder
0: if there might just be a change for a change sake coming, because when you include the back part of last season, it's now just one 100-yard rushing effort in one of his last 15 games. I mean, that's eff- that's effectively a full season now. It just depends on where you start the clock, right? Where you start the calendar. Uh, this week on the Jeff Fisher Show, among the questions we asked the head coach, would you consider moving Greg Robinson inside? From left tackle to a guard position.
3: You know, Greg, um has played some guard, but his best place is tackle. um I, I, think he's, he's fallen under criticism because of the penalties. I disagree with a couple of them. Uh, he's, he's coming on. Uh, he's not any place where, I mean, to my expectations right now, he needs to play better, but, uh, he gave JPP all he could handle. And so we used to get him more consistent in the run game and lim- eliminate a couple of penalties. But uh, I-, I have no intention of, of moving him to guard. We've, g- we've got adequate guards right there.
0: In the loss to the Giants, that offensive line allowed three sacks. Uh, Greg was flagged for holding three times and a false start. He's now the most penalized player in the NFL with 10 Look, we know how hard it is to play left tackle in this league. It's why they get paid the big bucks. Um, but what's going on right now, especially on the left side of that offensive line, DeMarco? I
1: think he might be a marked man. Um, it's, it's just like uh, Indomitian Sioux. Um, everybody's going to watch for what he does. And they're always looking for the unsportsmanlike conduct or the, the roughness penalties out of Sue because he's got that rep. I think Gre- Greg has a rep of being over, overly aggressive and it's, it's easy to see. Um, does he hold more or less than Joe Thomas? No, they all hold, every single one of them. I think Joe Thomas is just better at it. He's better at hiding it. Uh, it's like a receiver we talked about going down the field. Um, do they push off? Hell yeah, every receiver pushes off, but the good ones do it to where it's, you can't see it. It's just quick, so Greg's going to have to work on that. Um, the thing that bothers me the most is it seems uneven. Uh, what he gets flagged for, I see on the other side versus Quinn or whoever that doesn't get called. So that just tells me that they go into the game. Hey, watch this guy. He has a tendency to hold, so he's going to have to work on his technique and clean that up. I love Greg at guard to to begin that. I did um, when he came in. Watch him at guard. How athletic he is. How big he is, and how aggressive he is. I think it's perfect to be in the phone booth. But he likes him at tackle. He thinks his best. Uh, Greg or Jeff thinks his best position is at tackle, but. Look, you can't hurt the football team with false starts and holding calls. You're going to have to get better there.
0: You said earlier that it takes 11 to run the football. We've talked about Case Keenum, the quarterback. We've talked about Todd. We've talked about the offensive line now. That leaves the receivers, and they can do a couple of things to impact the running game. One is simply blocking downfield and creating those those long breakers. The other is you know, running the top off a of defense. What is going on in the receiver core right now? One, as it pertains to Gurley and running the football, and two, just in terms of Let's face it, when Jeff Fisher was asked, is Keenan still the quarterback here, he said, I'm going to make a change at receiver before I make a change at quarterback. That's a bit ominous.
1: Whenever the, the pick that, I think it, it wasn't the last one. It was the last one when two receivers broke off the route. and Brian Quick and
0: Bradley Marquez.
1: To the corner. Well, that, that is a route. I'll tell you, this, when you see and they line up, they're talking to each other about what to do. That's not good because the last thing you're doing is looking at the defense to see what you're doing. So that's going to. Everybody at risk, well, you're going to have a route bust down the field or you're trying to figure out what's going on and you're a step slow, that means Case has to hold a little bit longer and your O-line suffers for it and you get sacked or you get pressured. So it's everybody Uh, on first down, if they flip it out to you, catch it, because that's running the ball through the air. If you pick up the first down, that's more carries for Todd, that helps the running game. So it's everybody that has to pitch in to get this running game going, so... Uh, you can look at the drops. You can look at the route bust last Sun or this past Sunday. Uh, all that contributes to your best running back or Todd Gurley only taking 15 carries and basically being taken out of the game plan by the scenario by how the game went.
0: You know, L.A. is currently carrying seven receivers, which is a lot for a constructed NFL roster. And I think right now Nelson Spruce and Farrow Cooper are to the receiver position, almost what Jared Goff is to the quarterback position, just without the draft accolades, without the number one overall selection. Is there something Cooper and Spruce can offer this offense in the second half of the season that they're not getting so far?
1: Sure. Uh, You know, they're not on the field. We don't know because we're not in meeting rooms. And it's more than just talent. Um... We've seen this with guys that struggle to learn the playbook. They have all the talent in the world. Well, if you can't line up, I can't use you. If the quarterback makes a check and you don't see it, I can't use you. I don't care how high you can jump or how fast you can run. If we're off, uh, if you're causing us to not be able to run this play, this play, and this play because you don't know it or we can't make a check because you don't know it, then we can't use you. So, you know, the reason they're not in, and it doesn't shock me for young guys, Uh, with an offense like this that has a lot of checks for receivers that they can't make the mental jump. But physically, athletically, I think they're both great. I can't wait to see them in the offense. I I think they're both dynamic. I think one from a possession point and the other from a catching standpoint. Uh, When they're in offense, I think everybody's going to benefit. But You've got to do the work. It's not just about talent right now.
0: And I know Spruce is the darling because, you know, he played here in the Los Angeles era and area, and he had that tremendous uh, second half against the Cowboys in the preseason opener. But Farrell Cooper is ahead right now on that depth chart. We're going to see Farrell Cooper sooner and more often than we're going to see Nelson Spruce. That's just the way it is currently in terms of how the Rams roster is constructed.
1: And real quick, we played that game of play calling, me, you, and Miles, at practice when I would – Tell him a play, and I'd say repeat it to JB. That was fun. How many times did he screw it up?
0: I mean, I don't want to call out Miles, but all of them.
1: Well, welcome to the NFL.
0: But, I mean, it was like asking him to repeat two sentences in Russian.
1: I, right, but that's, that's three of us standing on the bench. Now, imagine being on the field when you don't know what's going on. Right. It's, it, it's, a, little, it's, a, little, it's a little bit different for, for young guys. There's a lot of verbiage, so... There's a lot more than just talent to get on the field.
0: Had fun with Miles Simmons, the Rams insider, uh, for the official website, as well as DeMarco, as well as Maurice, as well as our entire Rams radio crew across the pond. But, hey, we're home now. A week off and a Coliseum visit from the Carolina Panthers, a Super Bowl team from a year ago. And the schedule starts to shift back in L.A.'s favor with five of their final nine in the regular season at home. That feels good to say. We'll see if it bodes well on the field as well. Uh, Next are the Rams the healthiest team in the National Football League? It's entirely possible, and we'll talk about the latest, especially Tremaine Johnson, when all access continues on ESPN LA 710. Well, I know the sky is falling because the Rams are on a three-game losing streak, but look, it's the bye, not even officially halfway through. And if you want a silver lining, let's look ahead. Carolina Panthers, the New York Jets, the Miami Dolphins, and the New Orleans Saints, their combined record right now, 8-18. and On top of that, five of the remaining nine games for the Rams – at the coliseum meanwhile seattle has to play on the road five more times arizona still ahead of the rams in the nfc west standings they have six road games before the regular season is over Uh, demarco as we reframe the second half of the year how should the rams feel about where they are in the nfc west standings and their chance of making a postseason run
1: well i wouldn't if you're in uniform or coaching i wouldn't say the sky is falling Uh, there's some things you want to get better at but um you're not out of it by, by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, all those things you just mentioned, Carolina, Cam Newton on game, game day scares me. I could care less about record. Drew Brees on game day absolutely scares me. I could care less about record. Now, the Jets, well, I, I mean, they're tough. I mean, I, I don't feel the same uh, as, as I do uh, about Ryan Fitzpatrick. But it's another
0: journey to the East Coast it to play is. the early game. And
1: they can beat you. So it's all about best team on game day. So I think from a Rams perspective, that is what you're looking for. Let's make sure that we bring our A game on Sunday and don't waste it Wednesday through Friday. Uh, make sure you're preparing situational football. You take it seriously in practice. When you look at the sticks and you look at what the situation is going to be and why you're making these calls, why you're making these calls on offense and defense because these are the things that come up in games. And these are the things that cause you to either to win or to lose. Look, I mean, you could the last three games, you can break down to a handful of plays that could have gone either way win or lose, and you lost them all. So you have to find a way to win those plays. So it's all about your prep. It's all about that guy in the mirror. I, I know it sounds cliche, but these are the things you think about going into a bye week. Speaking
0: of who's in the mirror, I think the biggest thing the Rams have going for them coming into this bye week and coming out of it, they might be the healthiest team in the NFL. I mean, really. Where's
1: the wood? Okay, there. I just knocked on wood.
0: I know it, yeah, and, yeah. and you should. But in terms of who's in the mirror, the more frontline players you have showing up and active on Sunday, better chance you have to win. And I think coming out against Carolina and hopefully well beyond, you know the guys who have been dinged up, the guys who have missed time in the first half seem to be on the mend and that's what Jeff Fisher told us Monday at the Westlake Village Inn.
3: The good thing about both Nels and Coop is that they're healthy, and uh, so they're getting, they're getting work, so and they're ready to play. So, And that's the thing. As you look at our whole roster, we're going to be healthy when, when the bye week's over.
0: I think Rob Quinn only played about 11 snaps coming back against the Giants, mostly in those pass rush situations when they can get the most out of him. Uh, Tremaine Johnson, to me, is the big one. I know he's raring to go, but uh, will it be week nine against Carolina or maybe another week or two down the road? Uh, Kenny Britt still doesn't seem to be quite right. It seems like every player two he's coming off the field at less than hundred uh, percent. Jamon Brown look they've got another good option there at guard. so uh, well, he's
1: winged with an ankle what's that uh, Cody Wickman right he's winged with an ankle. but so, you hope those yeah. are the
0: kind of things that that with two weeks off are going yeah. are going to get right um, how you know how do you feel how, how do you think the Rams are feeling about? their health going into week nine. Well, I was
1: going to put you on the spot. If you could only choose one guy to come back on defense, Jermaine Johnson or Michael Brockers, who would you want in there? I knew who I'd pick. (laughs) Look, with the
0: quarterbacks coming up on the schedule,
1: I'm going to go go against
0: your defensive line pick of Brockers only because we've talked about how much the defensive line rotates and they have viable backups there. in Cam Thomas, who's pretty durable. But when I look down the schedule and I see Cam Newton and I see Drew Brees and I see Tom Brady... Uh, That concerns me in the secondary. I think they've got great depth there. I think that group acquitted itself admirably against OBJ and Eli Manning and the New York Giants, Uh, but I want True back. I want our franchise tag back on the field.
1: For the record, I agree with you. Oh, yes, presumptuous. Yeah, I want Tremaine Johnson back because of what he brings in the passing game or what he does in the passing game because he does make quarterbacks think twice about putting the ball up deep, and he comes up on the run. He comes up. Uh, in zone coverage to smack receivers. I love having that guy on the field, and he's a fire plug. I mean, it, it's really hard for, for the Rams to keep him quiet uh, on game day. I love that attitude. I think he is really the edge of this defense. They're good. They can get after anybody. They've got talent, but I think he's the edge of this defense. I, I can't wait to have him back.
0: Oh, the good news is it's not an either-or situation. Brockers and Johnson will hopefully be back out there soon, uh, both playing in tandem, but uh, as a defensive lineman, you can appreciate if the quarterback makes a quick look one way and 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 well, well and True's on him. Like, okay, that, that's not open. i got to make one more progression. That's when you arrive.
1: I just, Donald, Quinn, and True, and you think twice, quarterback doesn't get two pumps, he's on his face. That's what you want. That's yeah. what you want out of your defense. Even if you're not getting
0: a PBU, you're just yeah. making that extra half beat. And
1: even if the ball's coming out fast like Eli Manning, I mean, and it's in-zone coverage, well, your receiver's getting smacked out there by a 200-pound corner. That's what I like. I like having that guy out there.
0: Yeah, Greg Williams' game plan was sound and it was executed marvelously against the Giants who have no run games. So we saw the cover two, we saw keeping everything in front. They tackled well just like we said they needed to, right? I mean, I think the longest play was 25, 26 yards. They kept OBJ in check. I mean, they did everything the defense did to win that game. It was unfortunate that they gave up the touchdown on the short field, but other than that, uh, not much that you can bark at. Uh, coming up, we're going to have our top four moments of the Rams season to date. Before we go there, can I ask you for your LA MVP Right now. Through seven weeks of the season. You mean now or when we come back? No, right now. Right now. Okay. Let's see if we're on the same page here. I think the we are. The most valuable player of the Los Angeles Rams. Not the best. Not the best. We know who the best player right. is on both sides of the ball, most likely. But who has been the best performing, the most influential player
1: I am not sure how many plays this guy has played. I'm sure you probably know, and it's easy to track. But when you go through almost half a season and you don't have a touchback, um, that's amazing. Punters are people, too. <laughs> Punters are people, too. Phenomenal. Johnny Hecker right now, I think, is the best in the business. So, uh, And I hate having your punter as your MVP. That means... Things aren't going as well as you'd like. I mean, and it's easy to pick 99, Aaron Donald. I mean, he's, he's a metronome. He just does not stop. But what Johnny Hecker is doing, he, he's so much of a weapon for this football team. It's amazing.
0: He plays six more inside the 20 <laughs> in London. He still does not have a touchback this season. In fact, he has not kicked a touchback in his last 40 punts. That's the longest current streak in the NFL. Special teams have been phenomenal. Greg Zerline, who got, you know, he, he got... A gut check in this offseason. He has not missed. He's 10 of 10, uh, hitting from 36 against the Giants. So special teams, job well done in the first half. Keep it up in the second half. In our final segment of our bi-week edition of Rams All Access, DeMarco and I will go through our favorite moments, the top four from seven weeks of Rams football back here in Los Angeles on the ESPN LA Rams Radio Network. Well, since we've hit the unofficial midway point of the season, only seven games, not eight in the books, but it's the bye week, we thought we would take a moment to just reflect on football being back in Los Angeles and you know what these couple of months have been like. We thought we'd do it by setting up our top four memories from the season to this stage. So you're going to hear a lot of me, obviously, because I'm calling the play. Sorry about that. But we'll get Sorry. to Marco's reaction Uh, as we go through them uh, one by one.
1: I'm having a blast.
0: Uh, So we picked a top four uh, to go along with, in large part, the three Rams victories that we've had so far this season. And we'll begin uh, with a loss, actually, to get that fourth member of the group. And it was in Detroit a couple of weekends ago. It was Kenny Britt's best game of the season, and this was his second score against the Lions. Third down and two. The ball still at the nine-yard line of Detroit to our right. Keenum in the shotgun with Gurley
2: to his left. Trying to take the lead. Low snap, he picks it up. He throws the slant right side. Kenny Britt makes the catch. Bounces off a Lions tackler and fights his way in. Touchdown, L.A. Kenny Britt puts the Rams on the high side.
1: Kenny Britt has has a defender all over his back. I mean, all hanging on top of him. He's dragging him down. He gets hit by two guys, bounces around, and finds the end zone.
0: Maurice Jones-Drew with the cameo there, your memory of the trip to Detroit and Kenny Britt's day against the Lions.
1: Well, that call, that touchdown um, was tremendous, and it's, it's been great for Britt. Uh, this has been kind of a reawakening of Kenny Britt this season, and just to see how he played in that game, and it, it was a, a losing effort for the team, but Kenny was out of his mind. But watching the players, his teammates' reaction to that play told me everything I need to know about him and, and this player. I mean, no one was on the bench. They all came running out. Uh, just to congratulate him and just to see what happened. Uh, that's the stuff that almost brings tears to your eyes as a player. That makes you want to fight hard. So that was that was tremendous.
0: You know, Kenny, in his eighth year out of Rutgers, finishing his second contract with the Rams. Yeah, look, these players are uber-motivated always, every Sunday. But when your job and when your future and when your next contract is on the line, they seem to take it to the next level.
1: You've seen him at practice, right? I mean, the guy loves football. And
0: he's the And most incredible physical specimen, if you don't mind me saying so, that I've I've seen.
1: Well, just think, what does Kenny Brett do without football? Think about that. I think if I'm Kenny Brett, I want to stay in this game as long as possible. So I'm glad to see him use that big body and become that big threat down the field for the Rams. That
0: was our number four play of 2016 to this point in the Rams season. Next, let's go to Tampa Bay. It was week three. And it was a strip, sack, fumble, return for a touchdown against the Bucs. Third down and six. They need the seven-yard line. Winston in the shotgun. Four receivers. Takes the snap. Drops a throw.
2: It strips. Roderick Quinn knocks it out. The Rams are on the football. Picking it up, Ethan Westbrook. He's down the near sideline with blockers. 25-15. Touchdown, L.A. Great play.
1: Fat guy's dream. (laughs)
2: The upset
0: of knowing you, DeMarco, is that this play only got number three. A defensive lineman scores a touchdown, and there were two moments better than this. I mean,
1: it was awesome. I mean, I've seen the strip sack out of Quinn. Um, It was great for Ethan Westbrook, great for the team to get the touchdown. Um, It was awesome. I mean, the other two plays, you'll see why. Um, The only reason this doesn't rate higher is because the other two are against Division foes. I see. In, uh, I see your methodology. Yes. Okay.
0: Okay. I, and Robert... But
1: Ethan, Ethan returning the thing, not getting caught from behind the convoy that was in front. I mean, this is how you teach in spring ball when you're playing college football. Uh, how you teach turnovers and what you do, and to see it go letter perfect, strip, recover, block, touchdown. To see that happen in the pros is amazing and great to see.
0: You know, it's amazing how Robert Quinn and turnovers correlate in the two games he missed. The Rams' defense did not get a single takeaway. He comes back even for a limited number of snaps against the Giants. Boom, they hit one on the first drive from Eli Manning. All right, let's go to number two. These are our top moments of the season to date for the L.A. Rams, and it was the home opener, the return of professional football to Los Angeles against the Seahawks.
2: Listen to this Coliseum with pro football back in L.A. Rams trying to reward them with a victory. Third down and 10 snap. Wilson drops. He's well-protected. The pocket collapses as he throws it. Right side numbers caught by Michael. Puts his shoulder down. The ball comes out. Ogletree is on it. There you have it. It's a fumble. The Rams have turned the Seahawks over inside a final minute at the Coliseum. Ogletree sprints all the way down the field into the corner. And he gives the ball to a family member in the crowd to cap what should be a Rams victory.
1: All right, back me up. You said it. Think about that day. We started with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, CeeLo Green. We had the Hall of Famers there. It was a Super Bowl atmosphere. Not getting the win there, oh, my goodness, would have been so deflating. You said it. Reward these fans. That's why. It's, it's, it's up higher than Ethan Westbrook's return for touchdown.
0: Yeah, Barron with the big hit, but yeah. Ogle Tree was such a storyline because they let the Franchise's all-time leading tackler, James Laurinaitis, go get his next deal in a different city. And they move Alec Ogletree, a converted safety from outside linebacker, now inside, and they say, this is the style we're going to play. We're going to be nickel on the field, and he's going to be our man in the middle. And so for him to come away, effectively with the game ball, right, on the first home win back at the Coliseum, that was something cool. Oh, yeah. it's, oh, something it I'll the, never
1: forget. It was the Seahawks, too. True. Yeah. Uh, come on, Al. That's big. Not That's better right. than a return touchdown, right? It was Pete Carroll coming Thank back you. to the Coliseum. I mean, <laughs> right. it, was,
0: it was so many things. steal the show, right. I uh, can't wait to get back in the Coliseum for Week 9 against Carolina. Before we do, remember, there was a three-game winning streak that put the Rams at 3-1, and, and it culminated with a trip to Arizona and a breakout day for Brian Quick. Gurley stays in the game, Keenum's in the shotgun, Brian
2: Crick lined up left, now motions right, Keenum clapping his hands, calling for the shotgun snap, throws quickly to the end zone, Quick goes up in the air to bring in the go-ahead touchdown! The back shoulder fade is unstoppable in this league, DBs can't cover it. Quick second touchdown today, his third in the last two weeks,
0: Keenum is fired up, he's got his Rams back on the high side. The defense knocked out Carson Palmer, and they secured a T.J. McDonald interception in the end zone to cap that victory. Uh, that was fun, leaving Glendale and coming home, even though the plane ride was shorter than we would have liked. You know, Riding high at 3-1, and one, I don't think anyone
1: had picked the Rams to win any of their four games to that point, maybe save San Francisco. No, I just remember going there last year, and the Rams beat Arizona in Arizona, and the Cardinals, I mean, they gave their respect. Uh, they gave the Rams their credit for winning, but it almost seemed like they were in disbelief. Like, okay, we didn't play our best game, they beat us, okay, we'll get them next year. So you go down there with all that same hype, and you do it again. And the guy that does it, the guy that catches the go-ahead touchdown is Brian Quick. Uh, probably the last guy they thought that would beat him, and he did. And the way the, he caught it, the pass that was thrown, the protection, everything. Look, I, I thought that was, to this point, the best play that we've seen out of the Rams this year. As far as impact plays. Uh, Keep in mind, the Cardinals were desperate in that game, or so
0: we thought. They had just been blown out in Buffalo, and here they were coming home against a division opponent in Los Angeles. Uh, Could not get it done against the Rams. As for Quick, I think he's a real key to the second half of the schedule. He's shown that game after game, he can get deeper than the deepest. Can the mental aspect, can the roles and the responsibilities be on point so that he can stay on the field as Farrow Cooper and Nelson Spruce and other receivers get in the, the fray?
1: And can you hit him? When he's wide open. True. That's the other part. Yeah. Uh, if you can put the ball on the money, he's probably got six touchdowns by now. So, And who knows what your record is if, if you do. So, look, that, that's part of it. I mean, I'd say he's got everything he needs to be a star. It's just he's almost there. So let's hope he keeps getting better. Let's, it's called ongoing skill development. No one is, you know, great enough. Uh, to win a Super Bowl just yet. You're going to have to keep getting better.
0: Well, D, thank you for this hour, and thank yeah. you for uh, welcoming me to professional football. It's been a great ride uh, for our seven weeks so far, and can't wait to see what the second half of the Rams season has in store. Thank you for being with us for Rams All Access here on ESPN LA 710.